0: I think your second best investment is not picking the right stock or picking the right mutual fund. It's getting into a lower tax bracket.
1: Becoming a millionaire isn't just about growing your money. It's also about protecting and preserving your wealth by using the right financial strategies for your situation. Welcome. This is Middle Class Millionaire with John Choi, John has his Master's of Science in Financial Services and is a certified financial planner and the president of Epiphany Capital.
2: Welcome into another edition of the podcast. It is Middle Class Millionaire with John Choi and myself here to talk investing, finance, and retirement. And most common retirement planning questions about taxes is what's on the docket this week. We are into late January already with this podcast, so the year is already off and swinging, but as always, if you need some help, reach out to John. Find him online at johnchoy.net. That's johnchoy.net. You can book a call online. You can check out the show links, all sorts of good stuff there at his website, a lot of tools, tips, and resources. But let's get into it today. John, how are you, my friend? Great. How are you, Mark? Doing pretty good. Uh, Just the years whizzing by already. Been watching some football playoffs, getting ready for the Super Bowl, all that good stuff. So, that's right, the Super Bowl in just a week or a couple of weeks or no uh, from now, by the time we're taping this. So, looking forward to it. But it is that time of the year, John, when taxes are at the forefront for people. Typically, we're doing tax prep, you know, which is the annual thing we got to go through. But tax planning is certainly super important for retirees and pre-retirees, uh, especially. It can make a huge difference in in your overall retirement strategy. So. Let's talk a little bit about that uh, since, that again, that focus right now is, is kind of on taxes. People kind of perk their ears up a little bit. We'll talk about some mistakes to avoid and how a proper plan uh, can hopefully make some a significant difference in uh, in your tax savings. So a lot of people wonder if there are strategies, John, that they can use while they're still working. Maybe you're pre-retiree, for example, right? Uh, you're not quite there yet. Are there some things we should start doing now uh, as we get close to retirement age to start being more tax efficient? Obviously, you know, Roth conversions comes to mind.
0: That's what I was going to say. Roth conversions are, are probably the the biggest thing, big for, driver for most folks. Yeah, because you know you, you don't want your your IRA balance to to swell and swell and swell, and then then you're going to get hit with all these taxes and your required minimum distributions, which now in this year are uh, is at age seventy three with the Secure Act two and that will be going up to. Age
2: 75, 10 years from now. Yep. If you didn't catch that podcast, by the way, folks, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. So go check that one out. But anyway, go ahead, John.
0: Yeah. And so, uh, and when you do a Roth conversion, though, you have to remember that you have to do it strategically in a sense that you don't want to do it all in one year yeah. and get pushed into a higher tax bracket. So you have to look at your tax bracket. And you have to say how much room do I have in this particular tax bracket, and then you you want to just go up to that ceiling, if you will, and you don't want to do it, you know, willy nilly or you know, hey, I've got five hundred thousand dollars. I think Roth conversions great. Right, I'm just going to yeah. convert all five hundred thousand. That's just not, you know, smart tax planning. Well, that's so that's would, a
2: great point. I'm glad you brought that up and I'm sorry to cut you off, but people, I think, don't realize about the tax steps, right? I think most of us think I'm in the 22% tax bracket. Boom, all my money is taxed at that. They don't realize that we stagger our way up there, correct?
0: That's right. And that's just basically people think that, oh, I'm in the 22% tax bracket and all my taxes are going to be, or all my dollars are going to be taxed at 22%. Right. That's just simply not correct it's only the ab- amount above that 22% bracket that gets taxed at 22%. so effectively if you're in a 22% bracket i'd say effectively you're probably paying 12 13 14% taxes.
2: Okay. And so when we're doing a conversion or thinking about it, we want to make sure we're staying within whatever bracket we happen to be in before we kick ourselves into the next one, because then, yes, then it is going to cost us more. So that's the idea of converting smartly versus just, oh, let's just get it done and over with kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And I'd say if you're converting at 24%, that's reasonable. I don't want to push anyone into the 30s, like yeah. 32% okay. bracket.
2: Okay. So. Uh, common questions on these taxes is, and I know this changed, obviously, with the what's referred to as the Trump tax cuts in 2017. We're going to see this. If they do nothing else, these will sunset and go back to the Obama-era administrations in 2026. But deductions still kind of pop up as, well, will I have as many taxable, you know, Deductions in retirement, as I do when working. Currently, that's definitely not the case because it takes a lot to get to that twenty-four, twenty-five grand. But what's your thoughts on that?
0: Well, so the TCJA, the the Trump tax, thank God you, that's Act, what it was. Will. Yep. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so that was um,
0: that doubled everyone's standard deduction, and so the standard deduction, I believe, last year was twenty-five thousand nine hundred dollars. Right. And so remember, you can take the standard deduction. Uh, for for a married couple filing jointly, $25,900. Mm-hmm. Or you can itemize your deductions, and that's basically your um, property taxes, your mortgage interest, your um, uh, charitable deductions. Those are the main three. And you can add them all up, and if they total over the $25,900, your standard deduction, then you would want to itemize, which is but great. Most people, right. yeah, but most people because it did double. Yeah. just file the standard deduction, and away we go. Right. Mm-hmm. So, the question was, I, th- I think, you know, am I going to have as many deductions in retirement as I, as I did while Correct. I was working? If you're making a lot of charitable contributions, if you have a high mortgage, if you're living in a high property tax state, then you're. It's probably still beneficial. To itemize but let's think about this when you retire what goes away well if you're retired and you're not making a paycheck my guess is that your charitable contributions are gonna disappear pretty much Mm. and by the time you retire uh, you'll have paid off your mortgage or um, there's a very very small balance on it and not much of it is going toward the interest anymore you'll always have your property taxes but at that point, you're probably opting for the standard deduction, so you're not going to have as many, I don't think, um, deductions in retirement as you did when you were working.
2: Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the, uh, you, you know, and kind of thinking about the brackets, right? How we talked about how they're different sizes and they shift them each year. Uh, inflation, obviously, has been was bad in right. twenty two. They move those. Uh, most people are they they kind of head towards retirement with that assumption of we'll be in a lower tax bracket because that's what we've heard when we retire, right? So that begs that common question of how often are they right? You know, is it more times than not that we are in a lower tax bracket or are we wind up kind of being in the same? So if you did proper planning throughout your
0: life, you're going to be in a very, very low tax bracket. So and that's the let's key. not, yeah, <laughs> let's not conflate income with taxable income right? So the paychecks that are coming in, not, not all of those income sources are taxable. So for example, if you're taking qualified distributions from your Roth IRA, that's not taxable, but it's still a paycheck, right? And so if you have most of your investments coming from tax-free accounts, whether it be cash value life insurance, whether it be a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k, you're getting all this money, but you're not paying any taxes on those. So the key is to set yourself up today before you retire in in that retirement red zone, like 10 years before you retire, 20 is even better. If you can set yourself up so that you can stuff as much money into these tax-free accounts, my hope is that you'll get a very, very high paycheck and your taxable income is very, very low or non-existent.
2: Yeah. And I think that's the misnomer, right? To your point. So we hear this most of our life. We kind of assume it's the case. Can it be done? Yes. But it doesn't just, it's not like social security. It doesn't happen an auto. You don't automatically get it. Right. No. So you have to plan for, if you want to be in a lower tax bracket, you've got to put some work in and, and work with a professional that can help you be there. Uh, So that's a great point as well. So thanks for clarifying that.
0: You have to be intentional about it. Someone told me you don't drift into good health. Well, you don't drift into a lower tax bracket.
2: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's good. good. I like that. Uh, Tax accounts, or excuse me, retirement accounts, are they taxed the same?
0: So just like I alluded before, your traditional IRA is going to be taxed at ordinary income rates. And your Roth IRA is, again, for a qualified distribution. Uh, that's not going to be taxed at all. So you're either going to be taxed at ordinary income, you're going to be taxed not at all or you might be taxed at capital gains rates, which you can um, that would be for your non-qualified your, your brokerage account. So there's differences between those three tax buckets and, and really those are the only three tax buckets okay. for most of the people.
2: Common question uh, regarding the tax free income in retirement. That we hear that right. There's a lot of certainly a lot of uh, commercials and advertisements around. Get your tax free retirement. Sure. Uh, and so, how realistic is that? Is it that something that's actually doable? We just talked about if you proper planning, you could be in a lower tax bracket, but it's tax free. It yeah, it doable? do it all the time. Yeah. So
0: it, it's it's setting Roth contributions, Roth conversions, cash value life insurance. There's there's really only two ways to get tax-free income today. Mm. That is the Roth accounts or cash value life insurance. That's it. Now, most people think, oh, what about municipal bond interest? Yeah, that's tax-free to an extent, but it counts as something called provisional income, and that's really what uh, the taxation on your Social Security, that's what's uh, based on is your provisional income. So you can put an asterisk for, you know, municipal bond interest.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Um, I was trying to, I was trying to think of a good way to put this, but I'll just, do you have maybe an example or something you could share with us where you've seen someone kind of, uh, you know, step in a tax pothole, if you will, and it's something that could be avoided if they just talked with a professional like yourself ahead of time? Like what's maybe a a common one or, or something along those lines?
0: I mean, it's just letting your um, traditional IRA and your 401k, just never doing any conversions, never looking at tax-free accounts, just kind of going about the way that
2: everyone else does it, right? We're it's taught. Stuff this, mu- yeah, buy the, or get the 401k, pump into it, and be done.
0: Correct. Yeah. And, and some of it's, I don't want to say laziness, but uh, some of it is, eh, I don't want to do it. There's a lot of inertia there. But most, I think, is... Yeah the lack of education that we provide um people just don't know the message is getting out there more and more which is fantastic uh almost everyone knows about roth conversions but not a lot of people are doing them um and that's that that's kind of a a sad case in my in my book because uh, i think i mentioned this in a previous podcast you know your number one determinant of how much money you'll have is how much money you save on the front end. But the second thing, the, I think your second best investment is not picking the right stock or picking the right mutual fund, it's getting into a lower tax bracket. Because if I get into a mutual fund that got 1% better than someone else's, mm-hmm. okay, great. But if I'm paying 33% and you're paying 15 right. who wins? <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> you can't spend gross income, right? You can only spend the
2: net. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, and obviously, you know, the the tax-free conversation again it requires planning, it requires a little bit of work and I agree with you. We do ha- have definitely have that lack of education uh, around certain things and that's uh, one of the things we try to do with the podcast as well as just to try to provide these nuggets of info. So, uh some good questions here, some good common questions. Uh another one here I had for you. <laughs> This is kind of the proverbial tax tail wagging the dog, but it's, uh, should I move to an income-free tax you know, or income tax-free state? Excuse me. We've seen a lot of that through 22, 21 and 22, right? We've seen the exodus from California, for example, uh, people moving to different places like Texas or Tennessee or Florida. And it's like... Should that be the driver of moving? I don't know if that would work for me, but what do you think there? I think if, if you're going there for other reasons, great. It could be a bonus, but you, you tell me.
0: Well, um, I live in Illinois. Yeah. And most of the people that walk through my doors, when we talk about retirement, I would say the vast majority, like 80%, say that they are going to move out of this state. And it's not because of anything else. Than fiscal reasons, um, actually warmth too. I was right? gonna warmth say really. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say warmth doesn't trump uh, that, but uh, I mean warmth does trump it. But you know, you can go down to a, a warm state, but if they've got ta- you know big state taxes, they'll probably go to as you said Texas, Florida. Nashville is really hot right now, sure, um, because Tennessee doesn't have a, a state income tax, but. Most of the Illinoisans, they're they're fleeing the state. I mean, it's, yeah. well, it's a know, for for better, worse. Well, I mean, and, and, and I think that happened. was
2: my point. Like if. If you if you're fleeing the 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 cold, for example, or you know whatever, then great, it's an added bonus. I don't know that I. I mean, have you seen somebody walk in the door and go, I, you know, I'm just simply moving to Tennessee because it's cheaper.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because oh, really, I, I, oh yeah, because really, oh yeah, because they're going to
2: get you one way or the other with taxes, right? I mean, you're paying. Like I, I had a friend you know who to Florida, and they're like, oh yeah, well it'll be nice with the income thing. And I'm like, but then he got there, and he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe how high everything else is, right? So, you know, little it, things like registering your car.
0: It depends on where you're at. I, you know, I heard this story, and I, I don't know how true this is, but okay. way back in the day, I think, um, you remember Tiger Woods, the golfer? Sure. Everyone knows Tiger Woods. Yeah. He, I think he had signed like a $100 million contract with Nike mm-hmm. uh, at the very beginning of his career. And the the first thing his attorney told him is, move from California cuz he's I think he's from the San Diego area. Well,
2: sure. That's a big money. <laughs> yeah,
0: move from California and set up residence in Florida. He lives in Orlando now, or yeah. in, in the Orlando area. Right. And if you think about it, you know, Florida's got zero taxes. California, let's just say it was um
2: 8%. I don't know what it was back then. Yeah. I think it's like the highest in the nation, but
0: Yeah, so 8% on 100 million dollars. I can't I can't even <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. Know, to, and and for something know, like the, that. What makes is that, sense. $8 million? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's $8 million, right? You take the sa- tax savings and you're buying a house. And he probably has, you know, probably has an $8 million house. That was pretty much, I don't want to say it was free, but that was via tax savings, yeah. right?
2: I, I'm thinking so, you're trying to have a parlay down the, that down to like a person who has a half a million dollar saved for retirement or a million dollars for, you know.
0: Yeah, every bit helps when you're on True. a fixed income, though. True. <laughs> right? True.
2: That's a good point. Well, that's interesting. I was not expecting that, which is the fun part of doing the podcast, right, is is just kind of having the conversations and, and debating these things and going through and, and shining a light on it. So uh, definitely some benefit to that, then, is in your opinion.
0: I mean, just look at the numbers, right? Yeah. Uh, what states are bleeding the most residents? California, New York.
2: Jersey, yeah.
0: Uh, Jersey, Illinois. And where are they all moving to? Texas, Tennessee. Yeah, um, true. All Florida. Right. I mean, Tennessee is not florida right they they do get cold sure yeah but a lot of people are moving to nashville (laughs) not as as cold
2: as chicago that's right
0: right (laughs) so it's a little bit more temperate but i think uh the tax Tail, as you say, is is wagging the dog. Well,
2: hey, you know what? That's interesting. So uh, I love having these conversations with you, so we can kind of shed uh, again, shine some light on things for folks. So those are some common questions, some most common retirement planning questions around that. And I always like when I get uh, corrected. That's uh, it's what I love about doing this because I get a chance to learn something myself. So John is here to help you with that. And so if you've got some questions you want to talk about, maybe it's something beneficial for you. Some of these common questions, definitely reach out to him. Get yourself onto his calendar at johnchoy.net. That's johnchoy.net. You can book a call online, as I just mentioned. You can... Uh, have a conversation with him. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you'd like to use. So you can find all of that again there at johnchoy.net. He is a certified financial planner and the president at Epiphany Capital. John, thanks for hanging out and chatting with me, man. It was always fun. It's always a pleasure, Mark. Absolutely. And we'll see you next time here on the podcast. Again, don't forget to subscribe. We'll catch you later here on
1: Middle Class Millionaire with John Choi. Take care, folks. Epiphany Capital is a registered investment advisor, RIA, located in the state of Illinois. Epiphany Capital provides investment advisory and related services for clients nationally. Epiphany Capital will maintain all applicable registration and licenses as required by various states in which Epiphany Capital conducts business, as applicable. Epiphany Capital renders individualized responses to persons in a particular state only after complying with all regulatory requirements or pursuant to an applicable state exemption or exclusion.